One evening in November of 1931, a man in Riverside, California, had something extremely embarrassing happen to him. Friends were visiting his house. He had the radio on and was searching the dial for something to listen to. Then, all of a sudden, the following blasted through his speakers. Quote, I want to talk to men of 40, 50, and 60 who are suffering with enlargement of the prostate gland. End quote. Upon hearing this, he urgently changed the station. Now, this might seem somewhat mild compared to what can be found on mass media today. But for the time, this was scandalous, particularly in the presence of women. The embarrassed man wrote to the Federal Radio Commission to complain, quote, If one of my male acquaintances at that moment present in the room had made a remark of that kind, I would have shown him the door in a hurry and perhaps have accompanied him outside, end quote. There was just one problem. The Radio Commission had no jurisdiction over the radio station in question because it was broadcasting from Mexico. It could only license and regulate American stations. This was a major problem for the American government because it received many complaints about the station in question. The radio outlet was XER, owned and operated by a man named John R. Brinkley. The government had been coming after Brinkley for years. Now he had fled to Mexico. Brinkley had quite a life. He was a quack doctor, a populist politician, and a visionary broadcaster. He pushed the limits of government regulation and ended up paying the price both in medicine and radio. As a doctor, Brinkley developed a dangerous yet popular surgery. He would take goat testicles and place them inside men to supposedly increase their virility. And as a radio man, he became one of the country's most well-known broadcasters. In some ways, Brinkley lived an American dream. He went from small beginnings to a wealthy businessman. He took advantage of the freedom America offered. However, his story also shows the limits America has imposed on this freedom. The American Medical Association constantly hounded him, and the Federal Radio Commission, which is the precursor to the Federal Communications Commission, took away his radio license. Mexico became the new frontier. By the 1930s, the old American West had become settled, ruled, and regulated. Crossing the southern border was the new way to opportunity and freedom, at least for Brinkley. In Mexico, he set up a station that covered the United States with controversial content and disrupted its station signals. America didn't stop pursuing Brinkley, however, just because he crossed the border. His career created an international impasse. He was out of control. Welcome to Uncommon Stories of History. My name is Dave Knoll. On today's episode, we will explore the life of Dr. John R. Brinkley and other medicine men that turned into rogue broadcasters outside the bounds of American regulation. This story affects what we think about a number of important issues, free speech, healthcare, and national borders. Sometimes, the more we try to control things, the less under control they become. Brinkley moved to Milford, Kansas in 1917 to practice medicine there. One day, a farmer was talking to Brinkley. The man complained that he had a, quote, flat tire, end quote, a euphemism for impotence. They started talking about livestock, and Brinkley joked about the potent virility of goats. This sparked an idea. What if they put goat testicles inside the man? They did the surgery. Allegedly, the man's condition was healed, and the story was circulated. 
and circulated, and spread some more. Brinkley did more and more of these surgeries until he was a huge phenomenon. Hopeful patients traveled to Milford from all over the country. Brinkley was out of control and soon would be under the scrutiny of the American medical community. The American Medical Association, or the AMA, took notice of Brinkley's shenanigans. Morris Fishbein of the AMA led the efforts for his license to be taken away. And eventually, Brinkley had his state license seized by the Kansas Medical Board. Brinkley, however, was not the only quack doctor in the Midwest. Just as Brinkley put the small Kansas town of Milford on the map, Norman Baker did the same for Muscatine, Iowa. While he tried to heal something less provocative than impotence, namely cancer, he did it with the same flair and lack of medical credentials as Brinkley. For instance, Baker once put on an outdoor show to demonstrate his healing techniques. 32,000 were there to witness it. Baker had a background in vaudeville, and he put these skills to use in order to entertain those watching. During the show, part of a live person's skull was taken off. The crowd could see brains. Some fainted at the sight. Baker had a lot of success. His hospitals attended to 300 people per day and made up to 100 grand every month. The whole thing was a farce, though, and the medical community would go after him for it. Fishbein of the AMA was in front of this effort, just like he was in the fight against Brinkley. Brinkley and Baker relied on word of mouth to get the news out about their hospitals. They also took advantage of a new technology. They were two of the earliest to use radio. They bought radio stations to spread the word about their services. Soon, they would have two of the most infamous radio stations in the country. Brinkley and Baker were out of control as pseudo-doctors. They would soon be out of control as radio station owners as well. In the early 1920s, Brinkley traveled to California at the request of the owner of the Los Angeles Times. He did his surgeries there. The owner of the LA Times had a radio station. This fascinated Brinkley, and he wanted one for himself. On September 20th, 1923, the Federal Radio Commission gave him a license. Soon, Brinkley was out of control on his radio station. He sold his own medicine and advertised for his goat gland operations. Mind you, he was not a credible doctor, but he was blasting his opinions to anyone who would listen. This type of content got Brinkley in trouble with the Federal Radio Commission. Today, we don't often think of the Communications Commission having much control over content. Sure, it got the networks in trouble for Janet Jackson's wardrobe slip-up at the Super Bowl halftime show. But outside of minor things here and there, it doesn't do much now. Back then, however, and for most of the 20th century, for that matter, the Commission did control content. It had this control through its licensing power. Stations had to be licensed by the Commission. This was something stations had to renew regularly. Every time they applied for renewal, they had to show why they should be approved. The Commission can, and did, hold up renewals for content issues. The Commission used this licensing power to take down Brinkley. It reviewed Brinkley's license upon his application for renewal in 1930. The commissioners didn't like what they found. They felt that radio should be a medium for all listeners, not just those with individual health needs. Brinkley wasn't doing this. They felt that radio should present trusted medical information. Brinkley wasn't doing this. They felt radio should be free from improper or vulgar content. Brinkley wasn't doing this. On June 13, 1930, the Radio Commission took away Brinkley's radio license. They felt he was using his radio station in a way, quote, inimical to the public health and safety, 
end quote. He was silenced. Meanwhile, Baker would also buy a radio station. He said he would make Muscatine into, quote, a city the whole world knows about, end quote. His station, KTNT, started broadcasting in 1925. Soon, Baker was out of control on his radio station. While he wanted to advertise his medical procedures and provide content for farmers and others, he also used the station to attack his enemies. Baker, like Brinkley, ran into trouble with the Radio Commission. In 1930, the commission reviewed his license. Like with Brinkley, the commissioners didn't like what they found. They didn't like how he broadcast personal vendettas against the American Medical Association and others. They were aware of some pretty aggressive things that had been said over his station. For instance, Baker once said, quote, I say, break the American Medical Association, the Trust of America, as one of the most damnable outlawing organizations that was ever in America, and I hope that old Moe's Fishbein is listening in and every member of the Iowa Medical State Society and every member of every other county medical society. Men that would do a trick like that are worse than a bunch of rats, and a rat isn't much of an animal. A rat! Baker called the American Medical Association names. On his station, he called it, quote, the American Mummy Association, as well as, quote, the American Meat Cutters Association. Meanwhile, the Radio Commission didn't like this. They felt radio should be free from aggressive attacks. Baker wasn't doing this. They felt radio should be free from vulgar language. Baker wasn't doing this. The Commission felt that radio should be a medium for all listeners, not just personal business interests. Baker wasn't doing this. On June 5, 1931, the commission took away his radio license. Of course, this brings up interesting questions about the First Amendment and free speech. Do we want the government controlling speech? Or are health concerns of the mass public more important? In both the Brinkley and Baker cases, the commission did not feel it was censoring content. Instead, it claimed it was merely upholding a standard for radio stations to broadcast, quote, in the public interest, convenience, and necessity, end quote. This was an old public utility law standard that had been applied to the radio in the 1927 Radio Act. The commission felt it had a duty to make sure that radio served the public. Upon taking Baker's license away, it said it was their responsibility to, quote, see that a standard of refinement fitting our day and generation is maintained, end quote. Are these reasonable differentiations between censorship and control for the betterment of the public? or merely distinctions without a difference. I'll let you make the call. These quack doctors had been silenced, and the medical establishment was after them. What could they do now? They looked to a new frontier, the Mexican border. Dr. John R. Brinkley had a question for the Chamber of Commerce of Del Rio, Texas. Was there a runway for his personal plane? Del Rio had asked him to come check out their city. They were in need of an economic boost, and Brinkley had expressed interest in finding a border town to set up shop. He needed access to Mexico to build a new radio station there outside the reach of the Federal Radio Commission. Del Rio did, in fact, have a runway for his plane, and they would make many more things easy for him. On October 21, 1931, Brinkley's new station, XER, launched. It was located just across the border from Del Rio. Soon, Brinkley was out of control in Mexico. XER interfered with the American radio waves, causing static on important stations. 
This was especially true in August of 1932 when it became the station with the world's strongest signal. It broadcast at 500,000 watts. Brinkley had lots of controversial content on his radio station, much of it of the kind the Radio Commission had tried to purge from the American airways, such as astrology and fortune-telling. Brinkley became the most well-known pioneer of border radio. The other prominent American quack doctor, Norman Baker, would soon join him. Quote, covers the Americas like a blanket, end quote. This was a slogan for Baker's border station. It had the call letters XENT and was launched late in December of 1933. Soon, like Brinkley, Baker was out of control in Mexico. His station also interfered with American stations. While at 150,000 watts, it was less powerful than Brinkley's station, that was still plenty of juice to cause static on the domestic radio waves. His station also featured controversial content, such as fortune-telling. Again, this was more programming the Radio Commission did not want on American airwaves. To others, Brinkley and Baker were out of control. However, they themselves had many reasons to feel successful. They were revolutionizing the radio industry, and they were making lots of money. Soon, however, the American federal government would catch up to them. While Brinkley and Baker were finding success broadcasting across the Mexican border, the American State Department and the Federal Communications Commission were working to bring them down. They were trying to bring them back under control. In 1934, the Federal Radio Commission became the Federal Communications Commission, also known as the FCC. One of its most pressing challenges was to clean up the radio ban from interference by Mexican radio stations. It had spent years organizing the domestic radio spectrum so that stations did not interfere with one another. In that time, though, stations popped up across the border outside of its control. Many of these stations, like Brinkley's and Baker's, were built to reach an American audience. To make matters worse for the FCC, these Mexican stations blasted controversial content to American audiences. Much of this programming was of the same type, or even from the same people, they had spent a lot of effort cleaning up on domestic stations. Meanwhile, the State Department had also been following Brinkley because he was a controversial radio man and doctor doing international business. The State Department and the FCC had to come up with a solution to solve the Brinkley and Baker problem. They had to reach a spectrum-sharing agreement with Mexico. Mexico had felt slighted by the United States and Canada, who split up the spectrum space without dealing them in. This was one reason the Mexican government allowed Brinkley and others to set up their border-blasting stations. This failure to cut Mexico in was now coming back to haunt America. Talks with Mexico failed throughout the 1930s, and an attempt to rein in the border blasters through legislation also failed. The 1934 Communications Act included a Brinkley Clause. It prohibited the recording of content on domestic soil that was to be sent across international lines for it to be broadcast back to American audiences. Unfortunately for those trying to solve the border radio problem, however, the legislation did not hold up in court. A spectrum deal, though, was finally reached in 1937 and fully implemented a few years later. It was called the North American Regional Broadcasting Agreement, or NARBA for short. This agreement led to the end of Brinkley and Baker's radio stations. The State Department and the FCC had won. Brinkley and Baker lost their Mexican radio stations. They would soon lose even more. Brinkley fought an intense legal battle against Fishbein, suing him for libel. He didn't win, a loss that led to numerous lawsuits against Brinkley. Then, in the early 1940s, Brinkley was arrested for mail fraud. 
He died on May 26, 1942, after suffering through multiple medical issues. Meanwhile, Baker was also caught for mail fraud and was imprisoned on March 23, 1941. This would wrap up his career as a doctor and radio man. What is free speech? Is harmful medical advice still free? Many would argue that yes, it is. That it is the responsibility of listeners to take care of themselves and make decisions for themselves. What is censorship? Is it anything a government does to affect speech? The American government, for one, felt it was not censoring radio. Rather, they felt they were bringing control and order to the chaos of broadcasting. Control versus freedom. We continue today to debate the proper role of government. Brinkley and Baker fell under the weight of government control. Was what happened to them just? I'll leave it for you to decide. I'm grateful for the historians Gene Fowler and Bill Crawford, whose work Border Radio was a very useful resource for this episode. I also wrote about this topic in my dissertation, Broadcasting Faith, which is available upon request. Please find information posted below about sources used, as well as ways you can connect with the show. If you have a moment, please rate and review the show. It really helps us out. Have a good one, everybody.